Since we are quarantined right now, this is kind of the route we're going, doing interviews with people. Right here, I have someone on here who haven't spoken in, what, four years? It's been on? a while, man. Yeah, dude. Four, it's, it's been a while. Four fucking years. Now, this here is PJ North, the PJ North, who is a country musician out in Nashville, Tennessee. He's still residing there? That's it, man. I'm just outside the city a little bit in a small town called Lebanon. Uh, live a little bit far out from the airport. I'm like 10, 15 minutes from downtown, so... How much, of a, how much of a hellhole is Nashville now with all the tourism? Man, you know what's crazy to me, dude, is that it's really – like, downtown is, is bad. There's a lot of people. But, like, Nashville didn't have the control over their infrastructure, like, to begin with. So traffic here is terrible always. I mean, it is just horrendous always. You sound like a politician, like infrastructure <laughs> and all this shit. <laughs> I got to prepare myself. <laughs> I know. Hey, anyone could win now. Fuck. <laughs> all right, so a little backstory on how uh, me and you met, man. So four years ago, we did a team backpack in Brooklyn, New York, was it? Yeah, man. Crazy Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn Stand yeah. up, BK. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Well, this, you know, I think this is the Bronx, but whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, we were in Brooklyn together, um, and Team Backpack was really interesting. So, Team Backpack, for those who don't know, they, um, they do, what, an event every year? I haven't even really kept up, but every year they have an event where they pick, what was it, like 2,000 people? A lot of people, man. Yeah, 2,000 people. So they did an entry um, for, like, uh, their best spit, spitting their best 16 for what, yep. what it was and then uh you got picked and you went there so you you met people from all walks of life really there was crazy people from guam uh you came from tennessee like people from uh, martyr thompson who's from colorado i still Who i still talk to me too yeah so <laughs> there was actually like a small group who got together those two days and me and you happened to, to make friends with each other and you kind of hung out and then um so you what was interesting with you, I always felt, and that's why I kept up with your music, even in the Northeast, which, by the way, you'd be shocked how much of a country following is in the Northeast. I, Dude, I know. That bought, like, look, man, from New England all the way up to New York is crazy, man. One of my first interviews that I was able to get was with uh, this New York country swag group who has, like, a huge contingent, man. Anytime there's a country show in New York, they're involved in it. It's crazy. Now, so, was 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 the uh, Team Backpack your first time to the Northeast or no? My first time to New York City. Yeah, man. You know, I used to work in consulting, so I flew into JFK before, but, like, we had a meeting at the airport. That was the extent of my trip. And, uh, I mean, I spent show. some time in Jersey, but, like, for the most part, I haven't really done that much in the Northeast. So it was definitely a crazy, not really culture shock, but, like, Man, I stayed in a uh, in a closet at Team Backpack, dude. Like, I was in an Airbnb that was a closet. That was a – I was like, all right, yeah, let it ride. I was going to ask, so you're a country singer and a drag car racer. Yeah, man. Right? Which is yeah. really interesting. Two things up here that, like – okay, if you were to say, like, your hobbies and listed them – I'd be like, I'm never getting along with that kid. Like, it's just like, like absolutely no chance am I getting along with that kid. And I know you're a Michigan fan, right? That's it, man. Mich That's and right. you, you, grew up, you grew up in Ohio. In you're Columbus. A big Mich Columbus, and you're a big Michigan yeah, fan. So I would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? You, know? you show up the team backpack in like cowboy boots ready to spit a 16 on stage. <laughs> they, they weren't ready. I don't know that I was ready, no. to be honest with you. <laughs> when you. Everyone's there is like, you know, fitted and, you know, dressed to the hip-hop, like, culture, <laughs> what it was at the time. Now it's completely different. Right. And you're sitting there, like, in cowboy boots, and I'll never forget, like, you spit, and I was like, holy shit, which, <laughs> is, which is probably, like, the reaction you got growing up. 
But like you being from Nashville, how did you get into hip hop? How did you do Team Backpack? Man, so it's crazy. So I was still living in Columbus when the Team Backpack thing started, when I had found them. So I had been, you know, I grew up on country music to start. But then as I got older, um, I danced at a studio. Um, and so, you know, I took a lot of dance classes and things like that. And I got into hip hop at a young age too. At like probably eight or nine, my sister kind of introduced me to it. And um, I became a huge fan. Honestly, this is going to sound corny, but Montel Jordan like really wow. tipped it off for me. And like that, it, that was on like the end of the New Jack Swing era and all that yeah. stuff. So I was into, you know, Belle Bib DeVoe and, and 112 and, and guys like that. And so I was really into the whole like hip hop same thing anyway. Like next and too close, like the R&B that, dude, I was, thing. Look, man, I, when I was in middle school, I was singing. To, that was my move, singing yeah. to girls and then rap against dudes. That was my move. That was and you're, move, and so. you're good looking to begin with. So you're I'm fucking, you. you're probably, you're probably were one of the most hated people. It in was Boston not good. Yeah. You know, my personality has not changed. It's, it's on full tilt, right? Since yeah. I was a kid. So yeah, just growing up, man, in Columbus. And so I really couldn't sing, to be honest with you. My, my dad used to make jokes all the time about that. Like you couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. And I was like, you know, that's, I was a kid. I didn't really think much of it, but mm-hmm. um, as I got older, uh, I just wanted to like make music. And I started rapping at probably like age 12. Um, I started writing down stuff in seventh grade. I remember this vividly like it was yesterday. My social studies teacher went through a binder I had and saw that it was like a bunch of raps and it had oh, curse God. words in it. And he just tore it all up, threw it in the trash. And I was like, damn, I've been working on that for like a year. And you <laughs> right? know what? They were, they were probably some of the worst rhymes. It was, the wor- but you know what it made me do at that moment on, I started freestyling. I was like, cause okay, then they'll never yeah. have any evidence on. So I just started rapping over beats. Um, and my friends would have me do it at the race. So the racetrack thing has really been integral in my music career. Um, yeah. I started rapping. My buddies would be like, yo, 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 show them, show them the thing. And I would do the ludicrous, you know, I want to get you in the Georgia doll. I want to video online. I want to oh my God. The whole deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> my friends would be just be like mind blown. And uh, ever since then, man, I just started, you know, I did the rap thing, but I wanted to sing too. So as I got older and just started kind of finding my groove of what I wanted to do, uh, country music was always there. And um, I just kind of wanted to make whatever music I wanted to make. I really got into pop punk. And as weird as that sounds, that really helped me learn how to sing. Uh, trying to mimic people's voices that I heard on the radio and things like that. And so it's crazy how it all kind of transpired into what it is now um, in the music we make. So that's a long story short. Shit, man. Like, what are, <laughs> mine's so much more simple. Like, I had nothing else to do. So <laughs> I know that's because I started rapping. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you it, know, it, eight it, mile. That's I'm what I'm much. telling you, bro. I tell my wife that all the time. Like, the people, I actually, a show I did Friday last week, Drunk Quarantine, I was just talking about my name origin, and literally yeah. eight mile, you walked out of that theater, that was it for white kids. We were hooked. Yeah. The crazy thing is, it's like, I wasn't an Eminem guy. Like, I didn't grow up, like, I grew up wanting to be Jay-Z. That was all I ever wanted. Really? I love Jay-Z more than anything. So, when, when I saw eight mile, I was like, yo, these people do the same thing. I, they just battle rap? Like, this is mm-hmm. a thing? So, I just started doing it at school at we would go to this ice rink and uh, we had like a Friday night skate thing. That was like a cool thing to do. But if you didn't skate, you were like off to the side and there were other kids. I'd be like like, me. I can't skate. Yeah. You know, we were just, and so there was a group of kids just battle rapping. And I was like, yo, let me be like, let me get on this. And I was, you know, I luckily for me, I had a a vocabulary that was a little bit more um, sizable than theirs. And so I was able to throw, and there's, you know, so you kind of build that up. And I feel like, you know, once I got to high school, I'd be doing it in the hallways. I remember probably every, I can remember all the lines that got me in trouble in my okay. mind and it got me like a little bit of 
like like oh okay he can actually rap so it was uh it's crazy how that happens right but yeah eight mile man eminem dude <laughs> yeah that was it do you remember like do you ever look back on like i still have my first recorded songs from when I was like 14, 15, I will not let my friends know where they are, but they are on the internet. Do you ever go back and listen to this? Yeah, man, it's terrible. So, you know, I had to start owning up to it really. Like I just, at this point was like, everybody had dirt on me, but my friends were all super supportive of like me wanting to do it. And so I started at about like 17, I really started recording like in the studio, writing songs. And I had a guy that wanted to manage me in the sense of like, you know, he wanted to be a musician before, and um, his kids were musicians and they had a, a successful deal. And so he was really helpful in the sense of like, hey, here's what you got to do. Like, he's like, I don't know anything about rap music. He's like, but here's what you got to do to make a song. Like help, you you know, and like in that type of structure. So when I started to put together, like I look back and I'm like, these were terrible. Horrible. But at least we were on the right path. But I do have a music video from when I was 17 years old that okay. circulates on the internet. So now I just, I just hit it head on. I just, put, I just send it to people. As soon as they I find mean, out I do music. I'm like, let me just set the let me set yeah. the bar here first. <laughs> it's like it's like if you get a job or get a, it's like all right, you got to know about this tweet ten years ago before exactly. you hire me, <laughs> just so just, you don't come across anything. Absolutely. So, all right, how did you get into racing then? Man, so my dad, uh, my dad raced back in the '70s, uh, and then in the '90s, he, uh, my parents owned a construction business, and he started doing the safety barrier walls on uh, racetracks. Uh, one local track got into it and he kind of wanted to start getting back into racing and he had built my brother uh, he had started to build him a junior dragster in 93 is when that started um, and so he bought a blueprint started to build it he was a manufacturer so he could do all that stuff and um, he built wait, my wait, first wait, junior wait. dragster your, your dad literally built a race car yeah built it yeah from from the ground up and he built my car he built his first race his his race car that he drove he built my brother's truck that they drove. They built it from the ground up. So you understand, like how little of a man I feel when I hear these stories. My uh, wife, my wife summoned me to the basement, and I'm scared of spiders. So I said yeah. no. <laughs> like, and your dad's sitting there building race cars. And I'm telling you, man, it's crazy. It's he got me into. That's the that's kind of the thing. He built me my first car at 10 years old, and I was at you know, and junior drag racing at that point was somewhat taking off, but it was only like five years in its infancy. I mean, it was young at that point and uh but he wanted to race again and so the sh he had a chevelle that he raced um that he finished and raced and then so he took me every time and my brother wanted to go and he had a pickup truck so he went to as well and man i was hooked ever since i was 10 like i said it's been uh it's i owe everything that i have in my life to drag racing uh which is weird to say right but Very. the relationships in the family that i've built uh in drag racing have been for me just uh, everything because they've given me opportunities I never would have had. Uh, I wouldn't be in Nashville if it wasn't for racing. I would have never met my wife uh, who lives here in Nashville as well, um, who lived here already. Um, I would have never gotten to travel to California, to Arizona, to Florida, to do all the things, to get to play shows in Canada and things like that. So racing's been, like I said, ever since I was 10 years old, it's been a huge part of my life. And it started to really turn for me probably at like, ages i would say at 12 and 13 i started to win more which was nice and then well, of course I got yeah. Older, yeah you know then as i got older um i really started to win more my dad was super supportive um of that and he kind of let me take the other car and so i got into big car racing which you know you have to have a license and all that stuff uh, outside and so at that point i mean it was over for me and a buddy of mine actually was like hey 
I had been working at this company and we were at the racetrack sitting in a rain delay and he was like, Hey, you know, I had just come out with my first like full length album uh, called always looking up. And I was super stoked about it, man. I was like sharing it to everybody. Right. I had like 500 copies in my trunk. I was selling <laughs> at the seven 11, right. That's exactly it, man. I, I thought it was so cool. Right. I spent all my money um, on it and a buddy of mine was like, Hey, you should do a racing song. And I was like, I mean, that's 2013. This was in 2013. And I was like, that's not a terrible idea. Yeah. So I came up with this idea. I met a guy who um, was a big promoter of the sport as well. He's a young kid. He's my age. And me and him hit it off. And he was like, hey, look, I'll promote your deal. Uh, if you give me this, you know, much of a percentage. Me and him are our best friends now. He's a very good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. um, and ever since then, man, it was, you know, it took off from there. I've had people come up to me. The craziest one for me probably was the first time that this guy, Jim Hughes, I was at the racetrack and I was like, hey, is your driver Chris around? He's like, no, da, 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 da. how do you know Chris? I was like, oh, well, I did this music thing in Bristol, um, you know, and I was roommates with him or whatever for the week. And he was like, he's like, oh, you don't happen to know that PJ North kid, do you? And I was like, hey, I'm PJ North. And he was, yeah, that guy's a dick. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And at that point it was so weird, but like for people to know who PJ North was, was really like uh that's when i felt like i was really starting to make some headway and just kind of making the music i wanted to make and it was cool man i got to like i said i got to experience a lot of things because of it uh and i'm I'm blessed now to, to have the things i had because of it so drag racing is is everything to me so it's pretty crazy that happened to me one time someone said are you true exact at a local bar and i said yeah and then they almost fought me i don't know what i did <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I did, <laughs> like, to this oh, day. You, you, you're talking bad about us? You're talking I don't, about yeah. us? Yeah. Like, who are you, Papa Doc? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Maybe you didn't like Papa Doc. You <laughs> <laughs> so how did, um, all right, if you had to pick one of the three, would you want to do drag racing, rapping, or country? For the rest of my life? Yeah. And I couldn't do the other two? Yeah, and you got to take a, into account what would make you money and things like that. Happiness, money, you know, all that bullshit they talk about. Man, country. Uh, I would have to say country music because really? I can do in country music things that I could never do in rap. Um, things that I can do, you know, sometimes in country, one, playing shows for me. So country music is weird because it's like what we do is not really country, but it's country oriented. So it's like this weird genre bending. Who would thing. you compare it to? Like, um, for instance, I have one friend who likes country music, which des I despise him <laughs> for it. So I sent him your um, Afraid of the Dark song. Yeah. And he actually sent back. He was like, this isn't that bad. I actually like it. <laughs> this so, isn't that yeah. bad. No, but I was like, well, you know what? I trust you. Because he likes Kenny uh, Chesney, all those yeah. guys. Like, So, well, first of all, I should preface that. I said, this is a kid I rapped with four years ago. <laughs> so he probably walked in there like, okay, this rapper's trying country. <laughs> And then he said, this is pretty good. He listened to it a few times. And then I sent them B-sides, which I actually liked, and which is a very clever idea for a fucking song. Thank you, man. Very that's, clever idea thank for you. a song. Very Finally, clever. that song gets the respect it deserves, man. Yeah, from <laughs> me. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's, it is weird, man. Country, where I'm at is literally, you know, what we considered is just kind of like, unfortunately, we have to put it in a genre to yeah, be yeah, on yeah. iTunes. But, like, in reality – it's really just Nashville music, man. There's so many things going on here, and I get to do – the producers I work with, man, Michael and, and Frank, are two of the brightest minds in town. Michael gets to work on 
you know, professional records as a professional mixer um, in town. He works for Reed Shipping, and it's like he gets to work on the best records in country music that come out every day. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, for him to want to work with me, and the same with Frank. Frank's out on tour with Adam Doliak. He's been out with Jackie Lee. He's played with everybody who's everybody up and coming. Um, it's like for them to want to work with me gives me the opportunity to do whatever we want to do, which is really cool. And they take the influences that I have. You know, with, like I said, the pop punk thing is cool. With Afraid of the Dark, we just went, like, full all-time low fallout boy with it, but also, like, kept it country with yeah. the Sam Hunt thing. Like, if it wasn't for Sam Hunt, and this is weird, but if it wasn't for him, I don't know that I would have been able to make the country music that I made when I first started. I heard his record, Between the Pines, and that really was like, look, this dude's just doing whatever he wants and calls it country. Now, we can do that, too. So, yeah, um, it's like, honestly, I tell people now, it's like if Jason Aldean you know, fallout boy in the 1975 hung out and like made a record. That's kind of what my music would be. like. It's a little rowdy, but it's, uh, it's somewhat, you know, it's clever in the sense of titles and, and what the song meaning is behind it. And then, you know, it's super funky. Sometimes the new stuff that I got coming out next week is really heavily. Like the one song is literally, you hear the title when we wrote it originally, we had a demo and it's completely different than how the song turned out, which is really cool. But it's legit, like, you know, 1975 funk, just want to party, kind of have fun. I, I envy you guys, like, you and even, like, Martyr to an extent. To an extent. Not fully. <laughs> so, like, I envy you guys because, like, I remember, like, I feel like Team Backpack for me was, like, my last hurrah. Like, it was just, like, like all right, man, I'm getting older and whatnot. And I really, at that time, I was doing a podcast and – which, like, got, you know, 70 views, but whatever. <laughs> but, like, I was in a podcast, and I was like, you know, I'd rather go the, like, doing the show route. I'm more entertaining than that. I remember I had you motherfuckers laughing, just, like, joking right. around and everything. Like, and it was like, so after Team Backpack, I was like, you know, I just don't have time to record anymore. Well, really, I'm just lazy. Like, right. if, you don't, if you don't have time to do anything That's now, it. you're just lazy. Seriously. I right. <laughs> exactly. Got I all this time. Yeah, I could probably learn, like, three languages if I really fucking want to. <laughs> But instead, I've just been watching old basketball games, depressed as hell. Uh, but, like, you guys kept up with it. Like, uh, since then, like, Martyrs put out, like, three albums. You've put out a couple albums, a couple songs. So, like, I envy that because, like, I was spoiled, man. Like, we had a guy in high school make all our beats and who had a studio and didn't charge us at all. So when that got, like, when that got cut away and, like, our time, you get older and your times yeah. don't match up, I didn't learn how to do it myself. And it was right. like, I'm done. You know, so like I, I kind of appreciate. I envy you guys for just sticking with it, man. Especially, does it get exhausting? Like you, we're older now. Like you, you feel like you haven't hit that moment. You're waiting for it. Do you ever want to give up? And you're just like, but I just love doing it. Honestly, man, that's it, dude. If it wasn't for these songs, you know. So when I moved to town, the crazy thing for me was I knew nothing about how Nashville worked when I moved here, man. I, I assumed that when I moved here, I had I had the hip hop stuff and I had the racing stuff that allowed me to make a little bit of money and continue to do what I wanted to do. But I didn't really understand how the whole thing worked. And so when I moved here, I didn't know anybody. So for the first year, I just struggled. I had music and I would like give it to people, but nobody really cared. Yeah. And, you know, flash, flash, you know, fast forward a year, it took me to meet people and become friends with the group of people I'm friends with now. Um, that group, if it wasn't for meeting people in town, and honestly, that's what it is. Dude. If it wasn't for the people in the support group and the friends, that are musicians, they're artists, they're managers, they're producers, they're mixers, they're everything, right? We're writers, all that stuff. Everybody kind of has their hand in it somehow. If it wasn't for that group, I wouldn't be able to keep doing this, man. They keep me going, honestly, because 
it gets exhausting to like, we just play, I'll give you a perfect example. We played a show in Atlanta, man. And like Atlanta's my highest streamed city mm-hmm. in America, Atlanta, which is crazy to me because I know not that many people there, but it's my highest streamed city. So we assumed that we'd be able to sell a small venue, like 250 people would be able to sell it out. It wouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. They didn't send me any pre-numbers. They didn't send me any information on the opener or anything. We just assumed like, okay, maybe they're just not organized. Mm-hmm. We get there and it's terrible, right? I mean, it's, there's like nobody there. But, you know, I've paid all these guys to play and I'm like, you know what? We have a video guy here. He's one of the best people I know. Make it look good. We'll have content to use. And he's like, look, man, he's like, I know two things about you. You like pro wrestling and you go zero to 100. That's it. There is no middle ground. He's like, so just do what you do. And we did that and we were able to get footage and it's like, when I stop enjoying playing shows, that's when I got to stop because at that point yeah. it stops being fun for me. Um, you know, and I get to write and hang out with people. You know, I just got off of a writing session before this, you know, before we hung out in here. And um, that's cool for me to, you know, it's for us, it's really great with the quarantine, my schedule, I have a real job, unfortunately. Um, so don't we all, yes, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, to make a little money to keep it going. And, um, with that, my schedule is just not conducive to write during the day. Like everybody in town. So Nashville is different in the sense of everybody writes here, right? So you write three or four people to a group. You get together. You either write at 10 a.m. or you write at 2 p.m. Those are the writing sessions. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I can't write until like 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Why? Oh, luckily, all right. You know, yeah, so, right. right. So luckily, my friend group, you know, is like, yeah, yeah, I'll write with you. Like, let's set it all. I won't write at 2. I'll write at 5 tonight. So I've been able to write a lot, but because of this quarantine deal, everybody's rights are canceled. So everything's digital. So no one's right. pressed and they're all trying to, hang. so I've probably wrote more in the last week than I've gotten to write in the last month, which is great. See, yeah. that's like where I feel you say like, um, when your passion dies for a man, like I used to just write nonstop and like there's times I put my pen to the pad now and it's just like, I don't feel like it as much as I did. And like, it comes up every, like you'll think a line. Yeah, that's like, amazing. I can still do this. Yeah, like, I just want to ghost right now, bro. I have, like, like you, you too probably rap songs. Like, a hundred songs that are just waiting. Like, I just don't want to rap them. Like, and it's amazing the older we get how our morals go out the window. When yep. we're 19, I'll never write for so-and-so. I'll yep. never do a song with him. Then you got a mortgage, and you're like, here, take it all. You're like, I'd love to be a part of this project. <laughs> exactly. All of that goes out the window, man. I'm That's- telling you. Oh, you're going to change all the lyrics, but you're still going to pay me? Sure, just take Deal. the Deal. You can have whatever you want out of it. You just need yep. the hook. It's yep. yours. Exactly. Oh, you're going to give me three points on that record? <laughs> Sign me up, dog. I'm in. We're such douchebags. It's, you look, man, that's what I've learned here in town. That's the crazy thing is, like, everything's part of the business as a whole. A friend of mine is a uh, the copywriter over at um, – I guess she's the licensing agent over at Sony, and so she handles all of uh, – Drake's deal. So whatever that is, like Sony, BMG or whatever that whole group is. And so she collects the royalties on that. And I was like, she's like on one song, there's like 22 writers. Do you know how hard it is for me to parcel out? (laughs) You understand though, like see as me, as you, even people write the songs that makes me personally just lose so much respect for the, like a rapper I feel is different, man. You should be able to write your own fucking songs. I'm sorry. Like I know country with the guitar and instruments, that's gotta be a lot harder. Right. It's Just different, like, man. It's weird about rap music, right? Because right? I feel the same way. Like, I don't yeah. if, look when I rap, like even today, if someone's like, hey, we want you to put out a rap song. And I would not co-write with any. Never. I just don't. Need no, I, no. I, I, I'm just not there. 
No, like, and it, at least, like, you got to, like, yeah, walk me through it. So, like, um, let's say you guys are in the studio as a country group, and, like, does your guy just, like, strum the guitar and you start to, like, vibe to it, and then it just, like, goes? How does that even work? So, it's weird. Yeah, country, that's another thing that's different. I never really co-wrote at all. I wrote for people back home when I was in Columbus. I wrote a few pop songs for people, and I wrote some hip-hop stuff for other people, and I wrote some rock stuff, and so it's a little bit different, but I never really co-wrote with anybody other than my best friend, but he didn't write lyrics. All he did was play guitar. So he okay. would come, I would send him a melody, he would come up with a progression, and then he'd send it back to me, and we would just play off of that, and we'd figure out how the song was going to go. When I moved here, everybody's like, all right, who, so we get in a group of three or four people, so today it was three people, and it was like, all right, what do we have for titles? And everybody kind of gives out a few titles, but this one, luckily, we have a group chat, and so I just sent a text and was like, hey, uh, I think we should write this. And we all kind of talked about it through there. So then when we got to the right, everybody knew what was going on. And we all just spitball lyrics and we talk about melodies. But we have a track guy who does, who builds a demo around what we're singing. Um, and that's kind of how that works. And so it's really different. And yeah, that's, really. Because like I said, other than like producers, like I didn't, a hip hop thing, like, nah, I don't, you're, you're not involved. Yeah. You're not involved. There is none of that. It's, and then when someone would try to tell you like, you know what, you should change the line. You're like, shut up. Yeah, I'm like, no, this line hits. This line hits. This, yeah. this line hits. <laughs> it's amazing they talk about, like, how, like, rap is kind of childish barbarism I've heard used before. And it's true to an extent, like, you always think your shit's the best. Even when we were at Team Backer, remember when we were ciphering? Like, oh, yeah. And you knew the people who weren't that good, but, like, <laughs> they thought they were great. And you're just like, eh, you know. It's good part of the you. allure, right? Yeah, like, that's what is. drives hip-hop is hate. Mm -hmm. and and cockiness those are the two yeah. things that drive hip-hop you if you are cocky and people hate you there, there's a good chance you're probably doing it right, right? Yeah. you know what i mean i felt like my favorite thing about battle rapping or ciphering in, in that in that sense is like you get to say some shit that you couldn't get away with before yes you know i now. said some things in high school that were like Mm, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I almost got in a fight with someone when I was 15 for, like, uh, saying that he had anxiety attacks. <laughs> and I was like, but at the time, it was like, after 8 Mile, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought anything could go. I thought you so. <laughs> yeah. Look, man, I've been, I remember, th this is terrible to say on the radio, but I said something about um, a dude's girlfriend having uh, an issue with a, with a pregnancy. And I brought that up. Like, Pretty horrible. I remember, I remember as I said it, I'm like full into it, right? And I'm like, da 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 Indian girl that had a miscarriage. And I was like, ooh. And then I immediately ran down the hallway because that's when the teacher broke it up. I was gone. I was like, I was did like, you, oh, this did, you, it all did, you, did you rhyme it with this marriage? Yeah, I, it wasn't a marriage, but it was something of that sense. But I was like, ooh, this is not good. I told another girl who was, uh, who, who was a lesbian. And everybody kind of knew it. She dressed like a dude, and she was very, like, she was braggadocious about it. But she was, like, super aggressive towards me. And I was like, okay, we're going to – I said, we can do this. If you really want to battle, we can do it right now. So we're in the hallway, and I just remember um, – I was like, we get it. You wear dude's clothes. So what are you trying to pass for? What do you want me to do, turn around, put on my pants? I'll let you eat around my asshole. <laughs> and the teacher behind me – I look, I remember that to this day. The teacher's like, she's dying laughing. She's like, nope, that's where it has to end. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I shouldn't have yeah. said that. <laughs> Stick to drag racing, kid. <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm terrible. But I just remember being able to say things. And yeah. I, would, I would want that same venomous thing back. Like, yo, talk about my parents. Talk about my brothers. Say some things that are truly 
terrible to say because that's part of the art of And it. at the end of the day, it's a respect thing, man. Like, you're always going to respect someone who can rap and rhyme. Like, it, it really just is what exactly. it is. Like, exactly. there's times you've been in battles, I'm sure, and it's someone says a good line, you're like, that was pretty good. Like, yeah. <laughs> gosh, that was good. <laughs> he said, I remember there were two, man. I remember the first time I felt like I lost. I always felt like I was like, the, everybody was like, hey, that's your thing. Mm-hmm. And the first time we were at a football game, my senior or my junior year, and Dipset was huge then, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they had that dude uh, EA or whatever who was like actually could rap for the group, but he never was like really with Dipset. Yeah. There was a dude that I grew up with that literally was like sounded like him, spit like him, the whole deal. And so I remember battle rapping him and him just like murdering me, and I was like, I was so caught off guard that I was like, I don't even know if the lines I'm about to say are any good. Yeah. like I was you like. You know what? I got a sore throat. I got to go home. <laughs> and that's the first time I ever remember loot. Like, really, I was like, yeah, I'm devastated right now. Yeah. He, was like, he was killing me from, like, direct. He wasn't saying things that were directed at me, which I felt took away from but he could just rap. And I was like, yeah. I don't have a good enough dope line right here to disrespect you to, like, really set this whole group that you have of friends around me. <laughs> like, this is not going to work. But I remember other kids, like, you know, I used to, I was really tan in high school, like just natural, like it was just always out in the sun racing or whatever. And I remember being at a basketball game and a kid saying, uh, this other high school, the other high school was like, had this kid that could rap or something. And I'm, my friends are chasing me down the parking lot. Like, hey man, you got to battle rap this kid. I'm like, okay. So I go back in there and it's like, a, this is not even like an exaggeration, like 200 kids standing in a circle. And I'm like, what are we like? Why me? Like, like, I'm okay to do this. And he did have one line, and he, Chipotle had just become a big thing. And he said something about, like, damn, shouldn't you be working at Chipotle? Here, get me extra rice or something That's like it. that. And I was like, okay, okay. But he was from, like, a small hick town, and I brought up country. That's where my country music experience came in. Yeah. And I said something about, don't be mad because your girlfriend thinks my tractor's sexy. And <laughs> he was just like, oh, this kid, like, actually knows. And I was like, yeah, motherfucker, this is, my, this is the house I built. Yeah. Don't yeah, come into my house. These 200 people there for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was, right. and I just remember like this is the highlight of my music career is right yeah. in those moments which you know that's I do miss that about hip-hop but the weird thing about hip-hop right now is like I just don't know if anybody's rapping in like, bro I said that to someone like and that's why as bad as like let's say if you don't like Cardi B or whatever no. at least she's rapping just bars. Yes, yeah. and it may not be great, but, like, at least she's going on. Like, when someone told me her popular song was, like, Bodak Yellow a few years ago, yeah. and they were like, this is the worst song ever. So I listened, and it was a hook and three verses. And I was like, you know what? At least she's fucking rapping. Right? It may not be she the- has three verses? Yes. So, like, when we grew up, it was like you had three verses and two hooks. Yes. That was kind of it. And if yeah. you couldn't write 48 bars, you couldn't rap. Like, that was no- it. Like you, no one kind of gets checked now. I I doubt a lot of people, but at least like the like I'm sure Joiner and them know how to cipher and shit. But right. like those are exceptions. Like most of these people, like the Lils and Young, they they probably can't cipher in a fucking. I, I can't imagine. Listen, so this is crazy. So I do listen to Lil Dicky, right? I think that his music is funny. It, it's satirical, but yeah. I also think like he has bars. Like he can actually yes. rap. And but, but my problem with a lot of white rappers now, they all fucking rap fast. 
You oh, know, yeah, that's, that, the, that's the thing, right? Is it like, it's like, aside from like. We're action, all hyped up on Adderall, just yeah. trying to get it done. <laughs> Bro, aside from Action Bronson, maybe, and maybe a few I'm missing, but like most of them are just like. Like, just rap. Like, every, it seems like it's like that's their niche to separate them from the black rappers, I guess, but I, I don't know. It's fucking it weird. It's a weird dynamic. I think that's the thing about hip hop, man, for me is like, now my friends are. So, again, my friends know that I rap and they did. They, they'll be like, do the thing, right? So we'll be at writer's rounds in town. And so writer's rounds in Nashville are like four players on stage, right? And you write songs and you sing songs that you wrote with other people or that you have out or whatever. Okay. And so my friends just go, like, do the thing. And I'm like, I'm not doing the thing. And they're like, just do the thing. And I'm, so they'll like have like a little 16 bar bridge and they're just like rap. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And then I'll do it on stage. And they're always like looking at me as I'm doing it. And I'm like, you wanted this. This is not my decision. You, <laughs> yes, I do enjoy the... I appreciate that you appreciate my skill set. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's just so funny. And so it's, the, it's kind of a party trick for me now. But people right? don't get, bit. people don't get that too. Like, like it does kind of, there are times you go places and you just don't look, I'm not anywhere near as like big as you out there, but like there are times you're at a party or whatever. And it's like, Oh, the, not anymore. Cause we're older, but Hey, he used to rap. Hey, yeah. fit something. It's like, I don't feel like it. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll do it all the time. I love it. I, and I'm, I'm just like, I don't, I'm just watching the game. I don't want to do this. Then I have like three beers and I end up going. A hundred percent. Who wanted a battle? Who wanted a battle? Who wants next? Yeah. That's always my friend's jokes. It's like, if we go to the bar and I'm like three beers in, there's a hundred percent chance I'm rapping over some beat that's at the bar. Yeah. Yeah, I've, see, I have so much pre-written shit. I prefer acapella because I wrote my shit without beats and I can't there fit them go. on the beats anymore. Yeah, see, see, now I'm just trying to find a hit. I'm like, okay, I got to slow this line down here, but I can get pretty close with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Now, do you still follow battle rap at all? Like, are you still big in her? As the older just, you recently, get just recently, I started getting into uh, some stuff. Uh, there's that Canada group. Um, Oh my god, my buddy just sent it to me. I can't even remember off the top of my head. That dude that's on uh, there's that white guy that's on Wildin' Out, him and uh Sharon, Sharon. Yeah, him and, and, and Rony baby, whatever the kid, Ron, right? Yeah, it's Ron. on our school, right? Yeah, yeah, so those two kids, um, I follow them on uh, I followed this my buddy sent me this battle and I'm listening to it and I'm like Between oh, okay, them two, for right? Real for real. Between them two? Ronan and Yes, Sharon? yeah, yeah, yeah. Between that yeah, was a great recently, right? That was a great battle. Yeah, crazy. Great so battle. um that one, I was like, yo, this is – so I started to check more of their stuff. I can't remember. I followed it on YouTube. Um, so I listened to a little bit of that, man, and try to keep up with dudes that can actually battle rap. But my biggest pet peeve about them is, is that sometimes they want you so badly to hear what they said that I know it's predetermined, right? Like, they're like, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me repeat what I just said. Like, no, Say no, it I again. Say yeah, it I'm again. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I heard you. Yeah. Like, I think you want to get your point across, but, like, Okay, but it's yeah. a whole different it's a whole different culture now, man. Like even when yeah. uh, Jump Off started in like two thousand six, with like the timed rounds were nine minutes. Now you get you probably get your opponent for like three weeks in advance, and you write forty five minute battles, which right. are great because it's become a cinema. You know, yes. it become like all right, you could get drunk and watch three battles, and it's like watching a movie at night with yes. your friends. But there was something about just the nine minute battles, the forty five second rounds that was kind of a little better because it's like. After 45 minute battles, if it's not timed, after like 30 minutes, you kind of zone out a bit. You know, yeah. it's like, it's I long. Agree. It's exhausting. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, it's tough with me because, like I said, a lot of that stuff is like, it just doesn't seem real. The one thing about music to my hip hop stuff is that when I was younger, I wasn't real to myself. 
And then as I got older, I just started to be more on brand of like, hey, would I really say this or do this? Right? So you had, a lot like, of you had a lot of gun bars and shit? Nah, like, nah but you, you know, maybe like you, t- you talked a little, like you were, you know, yes, a little yes, bit. Like you, yes. you maybe allured. I still to, right? do. Look at my fitted. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, you know, and so I think that that was, uh, that part is weird to me a little bit. Yeah. So that kind of turns me off when rappers directly go to that part of it because I'm not super, t- I'm like, that you didn't really spend a lot of time. So the Sharon, the Sharon dude to me was like, hmm. But but that Roni kid, I didn't really know who he was other well, than the Roan, Roan, honestly, it's interesting about Roan is, uh, I would say about 12 years ago, he was at, how he got started, he was at a Charles Hamilton concert. Remember him? Oh, yeah, the dude with uh, Lacey Duvall, yes, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. He, he was, his nickname was Sonic. He was yeah. Sonic. So Roan was at one of those concerts, and he was backstage as Charles Hamilton walked out, and he battled Charles Hamilton. And it, oh. was when, it was when YouTube had just come out, and he actually won the battle versus okay. Charles, Charles Hamilton. And I remember, like, then he posted a few freestyles, and then, like, three years later, he was still battling. I was like, is that that kid who beat Charles Hamilton? So talk about that kid taking a fucking – like, look at where his career went, taking advantage of one opportunity, man, and just you rolling with it. That's like the same thing with the Big Sean deal, right? Like, he's at the club and runs into Kanye, and he's like, yo, yeah, let me rap for you. Kanye's yeah. like, all right, go ahead, rap for me. And he just starts rapping. Yeah. It's like it's never happened to me. Yeah, dude, I've never been anybody's like, yeah, yeah, let me rap real quick. Yeah. They go, like, yeah, I got you gonna go, man. My Uber's here. But I'm the Uber <laughs> Uber. Yeah. Yeah. All right, before I let you before I let you go, man, I gotta ask you one question for each. If you could rap collab with anyone, who would that be? Uh you know, I I would say it's Jay Z, but in reality. It would probably be Wale, man. Wale, wow. the height of bro. I could have, I could have listed like ninety-five <laughs> people, and I wouldn't have wrote him down. <laughs> I lo- look. Jay Z's my all-time hero. I'd want to talk to him too much about business. Okay. With Wale, man, if it wasn't for Wale, like I probably wouldn't have been able to do some of the cooler stuff that I got into about being original. Because when I first heard his stuff, I was eighteen years old, and. Uh, you know, I heard Nike boots and I was like, okay. And then I heard, uh, you know, the mixtape about nothing and a hundred miles and running and all this. And I was like, whoa. And he, me and Wale like share the same thoughts about pop culture. Like we're huge wrestling fans. We both love Seinfeld. It's a very similar thing there that I feel like we would just like have a, a cool connection. I have to say, see, so my brother on this channel does a show with his friend called Who's the Legal Man? And they do a wrestling one. I must be the odd man out. Does everybody like wrestling stuff? No, see, that's another thing. What the fuck? I'm going to say this real quickly. I made pro wrestling cool in Nashville now. I do this thing where I wear, uh, not really, but I wear a a different wrestling t-shirt every show. Like, I got hundreds of them. I'm a huge, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. And so we make a joke now. Anytime I see it, I keep telling my friends, I'm like, I'm a tastemaker. I just want to be clear. So anytime you see Nashville people talk about wrestling, going to wrestling shows, all, like that's all me. See, that's <laughs> why cute. I get a, that's why I get along with you because I'm a narcissist as well. I, <laughs> I, I seriously think I invented Buffalo chicken pizza in New Jersey <laughs> because I, I worked at a place when I was 16 that had it and I introduced it to my friends. So in my mind, I invented it. <laughs> I love it. Well, tell him, man. I want to get on that pod. I want to get on that radio show. Let's I'll talk let him. About it. Yeah, definitely. Let's I'll let him up. know. Also, too. All right. Now you did rap. What about country? One collab. Uh, man. If I could do one collab, it would be um, it would be Sam Hunt. All right, that's interesting too. 
I'm not a big – yeah, but if you ever came to Jersey, man, you'd be shocked how many country fans there are here. It's actually infuriating. It really is. They <laughs> just love it. Love. I, all they ever say to me is, like, you should go to a concert. And I have to admit, when I went to Austin, the one time we, oh. we saw country live, and it was very enjoyable live to be there in that culture and environment. Yeah. But in New Jersey, it's kind of – I don't know. I can't – I get it. I get it. Building. Well, not, if I ever make it to the Northeast, man, I'm gonna make sure you're there. Though. Absolutely, and I'll fucking get drunk and puke on stage. It'll be I great. Love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, one more thing. Uh, all right. So I watched your video. Afraid of the? Are you afraid? Not are you afraid? It's of the afraid dark? of the dark. Yeah. Afraid of the dark. Yeah. I got the whole Nickelodeon show mixed up. Afraid of the dark. You know, you are aware it has eighty-one thousand views, man, on YouTube. That's amazing. It that's is, uh, that's seventy. That's. That's 80,755 more views than this podcast will probably get. So this is amazing, and thank you for doing me the fucking favor of having me. Nah, you. man, I'm happy to do it. The YouTube thing is uh, – honestly, that video is crazy. I, I, a lot of friends in the social media influencing area, you know, helping out and getting me in the right people's playlists, and, and, and that, that's a huge help. It's really crazy how all of that pops off and kind of works now. Um, which is crazy, but the social engagement and, and all that stuff that comes from it is really cool. That's one. Of, that's definitely my favorite song that I've got a chance to put out, man. It's one of the cool, one of the more original production things that we've done. that have just been like super outside of the box. And the fact that I got to showcase uh, how my live performance is, which is really just, like I said, on full tilt kind of at all times is really cool to be able to put that together. So are there um, any, are there any disputes you guys ever have? Like if you don't want to put a song out or whatever? No, nah, I mean, honestly, people are, it's pretty easy in that sense. Like everybody, like, again, we write most of the time with an artist in the room that we're either writing for or someone in the room, hey, we want to pitch for this person. Um, so that comes pretty easy. This song came because I sent the title and everyone's like, uh, as long as we don't do it like this other dude's song. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be anything like that. And they're like, yep. So we wrote it. And I was like, yep, this is the jam. This is that <laughs> one. So I knew, I knew it in. I was like, let's go. All right, what are you promoting? What's coming out next week, man? Man, next week I got my uh, brand new EP. It's called You Wouldn't Get It. Uh, it's going to highlight, again, Afraid of the Dark, which came out um, six weeks ago. Uh, Lights On, which came back out came out in November, the last single. And then um, it'll feature two new singles called What's One More and the title track You Wouldn't Get It. Uh, I wrote it with a bunch of my friends, Davis Branch. Uh, Frank Leger wrote on a bunch of it. Frank and Michael produced the whole album or the whole EP. There's a remix on there, which is super cool. It's a deep club mix that Frank did, uh, which I, I love a lot of Middle of the Heartbreak. So all I got all my friends involved and everything, and we're super pumped about it. So, yeah, next Friday, April 10th, you wouldn't get it. You can follow me on YouTube. Uh, that's DPJ North. You can follow me on Instagram, DPJ North. Uh, my website, DPJNorth.com. Yes, that is a shot at Ohio State University, just to be very clear. About. Wow. Holy <laughs> shit. Bang, 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 baby. Let's go. Yeah.